What's goody? What's goody? What's goody? I'm trying something different. Danny Boy Rich, how's it going? Hey, what's going on, good buddy? Hey, nothing much, man. Bill Corbin's uh, Crispy Murphy here. Hey, hey, we have made it, Bill, to Super Week. It is Super Bowl Week here on SIP on SIN. All the teams are in Vegas getting ready for the big game at Allegiant Stadium, Bill's favorite place. Are um, they in Vegas or are they in paradise, Reg? They are in paradise. Well, <laughs> ugh, if you guys don't get it, uh, watch our last couple. Watch our last couple of uh, of our. Uh, uh, sorry, not watch. Listen to our last few episodes, and you'll get exactly what I'm trying to say. Um, but yes, the they are. In town, Super Bowl, getting ready to go. Um, obviously, a lot of the Super Bowl chatter, the predictions, all that stuff. We'll save that for Super Sunday. We're gonna today. We're gonna we're still gonna talk some football. We're yeah. gonna talk both footballs, our, our American football, and a little uh, World Cup. We'll talk about that later on. Yeah. And then, of course, um, we got some big, big news for the Kansas City Royals on the week where the Kansas City Chiefs might do something uh, rather uh, historic there. So we'll, we'll we'll touch on both Kansas City teams here in a bit. Um, and then we got to start off um, because they are they are in, the, in in Vegas for the Super Bowl, and. Um, Already, we have a lot of drama between one team and the NFL and the Players Association and all that stuff. And it's regarding the San Francisco 49ers. They land their planes. They drop their stuff at the hotel. They're chilling out. They're ready to go. They surveyed their practice field at UNLV. Oh, but wait a second. Something's up. With the field, Bill. Something is really, up. really up with the field. And the Niners are actually very, very displeased with it. Apparently, the field conditions um, have had some widespread disapproval by uh, folks from San Francisco due to the fact that the NFL put sod on top of the turf that was already there. Um like prior to their arrival, from what from my understanding of the situation, um, uh, uh, so was it the NFL? Yeah. So apparently, the hardness score is supposed to be in like the seventies and everything, whatever it is. And it's in like the 50s. I'm trying to get a, a scope of this whole thing. Um, and uh, yeah, Niners are not very happy about it. And meanwhile, the Kansas City Chiefs are chilling out at the Raiders practice facility. So they get NFL quality standard fields while the Niners are already mm, got to go a little soft um, in this. Um I don't want to point out conspiracy here. Uh, here comes the tinfoil hat. <laughs> because y- you know all year they've been talking about the script and how you know the NFL wants something to happen. And you, you know that they- they've been playing with this whole script thing pretty much the entire season. Oh, we all know who's behind it, Reg. <laughs> we all know Taylor Swift is behind it. You, we you all think who's behind it, Reg. Look, and look, it's spongy, it's soft, it's it's not playable, essentially. That's what the Niners are saying. Do you think by the way, um UNLV has nothing to do with this? Apparently they're an innocent bystander in all this. Um from everything that I've read. But 
Bill, is it possible that the NFL really wants the Kansas City Chiefs to win this game so that they can make the Swifties proud, so that they can give the NFL's best player in Patrick Mahomes another ring and Andy Reid another ring? Are they conspiring to give the Chiefs a Super Bowl? What do you think? I don't know, Brad. That's a, that's a very big reach there, buddy. That's a really big reach, my friend. Um, yeah, I, 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 I concur. But go ahead. That's a really big reach. Um, yeah, but I think something should be like that field. If the hardness is like below 70, I think it's supposed to be the, the lowest it can go is 70. Something the NFL should address that. Like that is something that's concerning. The average possible the average is like practice. seventy-eight with no field being less than seventy. That's like in terms of like practice fields and standards and everything. Now apparently they're supposed to make sure that these fields are like ready to go by December. You know, that's two months ago. So, you know, it's that's very concerning. Yeah. Now, look, obviously, you know, I'm just playing around here. Obviously, you know, if people really think that the NFL is trying to conspire against the 49ers, I don't know what I don't know what you're talking about. Um, I'm but just, Reg, we all know Taylor Swift is behind this because she's a psyop. Remember? Yeah, I, I, I'm just I'm just merely making fun. I'm just merely making fun of people who actually think this is serious. Yeah, I uh, we are, we're just making fun of these people, folks. Yeah, we don't but, actually believe this. But 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 if I'm the NFL, you know, and by the way, Roger Goodell already came out and said it's softer than what it usually is, but it's up to standard. If I'm the NFL and you have a team competing in the Super Bowl who's complaining about the practice field, like they want to make sure they get good practices out, so. If I'm the NFL and I'm hearing that the practice field is not hard enough for them to do whatever they need to do, then that should be a concerning thing. Like you want an even playing field when they're trying to gear up for the biggest game of the season. Like yeah, you understand my point. So it's like oh, oh dude, it's kind of it's kind of weird that the NFL is sort of taking this well, we did everything we could type of approach rather than actually addressing the issue at hand. You know, I'm actually very, 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 it's a telling sign that the NFL just strictly just doesn't care about its players. You know, I mean, obviously, you know, the the surface of the turf, all that matters. Like, you want to make sure it's safe. You want to make sure that they get good quality practices. And, like, there's a whole, whole, whole thing here. Like you, it's safety. It's also making sure you get good quality practices. Like there's a whole thing here that the NFL has to think about, and they're not thinking about. No, I totally agree with you. I think they they said that they're up to standard. Roger Goodell, I call BS. Yeah, and then the, and then also very quiet from the Players Association. You know. If you really think about it, like I'm, I'm actually quite shocked that they they really haven't hammered it down a little bit. And the, the Niners are basically out in the cold, basically screaming to the high heavens, like, help us, help us. We're dying out here. Help us. Can't do that. You got to play right. You know, this is a league of, you know, million dollar ball players and, you know, a massive, massive, massive industry in sports. So you got to take care of these players. Man. Oh, I totally agree with you. Uh, I'm not. I'm not very thrilled with that. Niners aren't very thrilled with that. We'll see how the rest of the week goes. I'm sure, like everything, will hopefully work itself out. Like I think, I think they'll have some type of plan in place where they'll make sure that uh, the field is ready to go. But you know, if I'm the Niners, yeah, I I, I totally understand why they'd be upset about it. Uh, I totally agree with you. So 
the Niners should be looking the Niners should be looking into this. The NFL PA should absolutely freaking say something. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is a whole psyop, Reg. Maybe this is all a psyop. <laughs> Maybe this is all rigged. Maybe the script writers are writing something. Yeah, you know what? The Swifties really... And look, you know, Taylor Swift has a billion dollars here, so you, you never know the the the, the money, you know? Yeah, the money. And maybe, maybe the NFL is sort of working with her to promote her new album coming out. So it's like... Yes. <laughs> did you, and did you hear Roger Goodell was asked about the whole Taylor Swift thing today, and he says it's great for the NFL. Oh, of course it is. It gets him all the ratings. Uh, yeah, how can you not be? It's like when I when we when this whole thing began. When I was doing it, doing this with the Patch Man, I guarantee you, Roger Goodell probably called up Taylor Swift's dad and said, "Mr. Swift, you don't even have to worry. Don't even reach for your wallet. I'll pay for the wedding." <laughs> and, and you know what? I, I'll say this. Roger Goodell is probably going to officiate it, too. Yeah. Roger Goodell is going to officiate Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey's wedding. Yeah. Does anybody want Roger Goodell to officiate a wedding? Like, seriously? No, it'd be kind of weird. And, you know, he should just stay at home and, you know. Nobody likes you, Roger Goodell. Please don't come. <laughs> um, well, that's not going to happen. But um, anyway, um. But yeah, um, that with the feel, what happened with the feel is terrible. The PA should say something. And listen, well, well, well uh, the thing is that obviously there's two factors here. You want to make sure the Niners are okay, like the players and stuff. Clearly, the upper management's not. I don't think the coaches are okay with it either. So if the players are willing to do it, then fine. But you know, you already have a team complaining about. The facility that's given to them, like that's look, you 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 need to address that. Like that's something that you have to look into. It doesn't matter whether you deem it playable. You know, you have to look into it. And the, the fact that the NFL is being kind of ignorant here is nothing short of a surprise, but um, definitely very disappointing. Um, or a psyop. <laughs> yeah, that's our last joke about that. Um, no, no, I'm sorry. I'm getting really sick of this whole Taylor Swift psyop thing. I, I really am. Uh, everyone is, but you know what? It, it look, it the NFL is bigger than ever because of it. You have a bunch of people that don't know football who are literally watching football just because Taylor Swift's boyfriend is playing in the damn Super Bowl. Did you hear they're making shirts that say "Go Taylor's boyfriend"? Yeah, yeah, they're making all types of t-shirts, all, all yeah. types of things. And I just want to say this: Did you hear what Charles Barkley said about all this? Uh, no, I actually did not. About the whole Taylor Swift thing, he said, no. "If you're screaming about Taylor Swift ruining football, you're just a loser." Well, you know what, Colin Cowher? He had an even bigger one. I oh, I saw it. Yeah, yeah. So it shows you that don't know. By the way, uh, it's brilliant. And I and look, I'm a huge Colin Coward fan. Not a lot of people are, but you have to admit. To me, I like him when I like him. You know, yeah. to me, Colin Coward is hit and miss. Yeah, but anyway, and if he has a good point. I'll go. Yeah, he had a good point. If I yeah, but, disagree but, but, with him. but essentially, he called out the incels for complaining about uh, Taylor Swift. Not only the incels, but the uh, magocrats, uh, Donald Trump supporters for uh, complaining about Taylor Swift. Ruining football, which you know, look, obviously, me and Bill have talked about it. We've been very vocal about it. We're just as annoyed, you know, we're tired of it. We don't, we, we, Taylor Swift, and look, obviously, she can do whatever she wants, but you know, it's not her fault, it's the networks. It's, yeah, it, it's, it, it's annoying because they're all only talking about it, but like, we're not going to go to a point where we're just, we're going to, you know, say she shouldn't be on. She shouldn't be out there supporting her boyfriend. Like, no, she can do whatever she wants and whatever. It's a free country. Yeah, you um, know what I think a lot of these people who are, what you were saying about Colin Coward, I think he hit the nail right on the head. Mm-hmm. And 
You know what I think these because you know what I think these people who are complaining about Taylor Swift are gonna do this Sunday. Have you ever seen Reg, do you watch The Simpsons? Uh not not as much as they used to, no. Well, there was an episode, I want to say it was like six, seven years ago. Mm-hmm. It was an episode about how they were having a female itchy and scratchy character. Okay. I don't know if you saw this, but Bart and his friends, the protest, they were having a non-watch party. They were sitting in the <laughs> living room with their blindfolds on and the TV on with their blindfolds on. I think that's what these people are going to do. They're going to sit with blindfolds on for three hours to prove a point. So they're not. So they're just gonna just imagine what they're seeing. They're gonna picture in their mind, <laughs> or maybe they'll just put the TV on mute so they can just go. Fine, we can't see it. We can't. <laughs> I can literally see those people doing that. And that's it's hilarious, but it's also sad at the same time. Like if I just want to say to those men who are going crazy over this, if that is what's keeping you up at night, then yeah. you need a life. Yeah, look, it's not. Maybe it's the Swifty in me, you know, because I am. Um, maybe that's just me. You know, look, obviously, I'm not going to go all ape shit because I love Taylor Swift. But well, listen, at the same time, like, I just, I just don't want her to be the focal point of the game, and a lot of times she is. So that, in that sense, I do understand where they're coming from. If they want to show not, her it's Travis not Kelsey scores, then fine. Yeah, but the thing is. People just need to, like, listen, if this is going to keep you up at night, don't watch it. Yeah. TV have an off button. Look, look, Taylor Swift is not going to prevent me from watching football. I'm sorry. And it's not. It's just, and like, listen, like you and I, we get annoyed with it. We get annoyed when they show her, but it's not her. It's just that, okay, we get it. She's here. She wants to go cheer on her boyfriend. Good for her. God bless. But. The people who are literally throwing temper tantrums about this. Yeah. It's getting annoying and, you know. You know, I kind of can't wait for this game to be over so we don't have to hear about this again. Exactly. I'm with you on that. But I do want to, I am excited for the game. It's going to, it's going to be a good one. And I hope the field is taken care of like what we were talking about. And I hope the script writers don't have something in store. (laughs) <laughs> they might they might have something in store uh, yeah yeah um reg, reg pretty soon they're gonna say we're psyops for the cia that's funny <laughs> i don't know about that but whatever yeah uh yeah we're not getting a good paycheck from them so uh that, that's not true <laughs> all right so what, what do you got next on the docket uh well um Obviously, uh, not not much in the football world other than the Super Bowl and the fact that the Washington Commanders have officially hired Dan Quinn uh, as the head coach. Not only did they hire Dan Quinn, they also have their big-time coaches uh, wrapped up. They have hired Cliff Kingsbury, who obviously we know uh, for his uh, – college game, and then, of course, with the few seasons with Arizona. He is now the offensive coordinator. Um, and then Joe Witt uh, Jr. is the defensive coordinator Witt was with Dan Quinn with Dallas. So uh, that, that those are the, the two big ones. Um, I'm not worried about the defense. The, the defense will be fine. Dan Quinn's a defensive genius. He will make that defense Top tier in no time, whether it takes a year, whether it takes two years. Um, Cliff Kingbury is interesting. We 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 sort of talked about it. I'm not saying that Cliff Kingsbury is bad because it's a good it's good it's a good hire. You know, you need an offensive mind, and he is. Um, but why not Eric Bieniemy? Like, what what's the what is the and by the way, the enemy was fired, uh, which is ridiculous by the commanders. Why not the enemy? Like, why not keep him around? Like, what is wrong with Eric? The enemy, um, 
Like, I, I just don't understand. By the way, Dan Quinn in his introductory press conference says that he respects Eric Bieniemy as the coach and he wishes him nothing but the best. And he they had a, like a long talk about possibly remaining on the staff and stuff. And it's just like, well, you know, it wouldn't hurt to one keep his title as a you know the the assistant head coach and you know even if he's not the coordinator you know that he could be a top tier offensive guy like why take a good coach off the staff like that doesn't that's very strange it it makes no sense and i really think um eric bianami once again for whatever reason is getting the massive short end of the stick, and I and it's it's comical. It really is comical. And this poor guy, this this poor guy, Uh he's just he's just a he's this guy deserves more respect. He really does. Yeah, this is someone who. Molded Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback in the NFL. No one wants to admit it, but he did. He molded Patrick Mahomes, and he gave him two Super Bowl rings. So this man deserves more respect. Yeah. He always gets passed over for head coaching jobs. Hmm. And why are you going to fire him? And what, you get Cliff Kingsbury, who, okay, yeah, he had a few good years in Arizona with Kyler Murray. But why are you going to pass someone who has a good track record? Yeah. I don't understand. I I don't get it. Um, I think Joshua Harris has no idea, or Adam Peters have no idea what they're doing right now. I I wouldn't say that. I mean, Adam Peters came from San Francisco. Like, this this dude, he... Look how San Francisco's doing. Um, and Josh Harris, he's obviously very – he's still very new to the NFL. Um, so that remains to be seen how he actually does his owner. Um, and, look, obviously, you know, n- not saying that we saw the writing on the wall with the enemy because he could have ultimately kept his job. He was under contract for another year. So they could have kept him on staff. Um, but – I just feel bad for him. That's all it is. I, I just really feel bad for him. But obviously, Dan Quinn wants to go in a different direction. He has every right to. I'm not killing him for that. Um, but it's a shame. It, it really is a shame. Um, big notes from the Dan Quinn introductory presser. Um, it's not a rebuild for, for those commanders fan out there. It's not a rebuild. It's a recalibrate. Recalibration, whatever, I don't know if that's a word. But um, um, they're recalibrating I, the team. They're I think so- that's a fancy way of saying rebuild. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, the thing is, I'm, I'm trying to understand what he means by that. You know what it is? Because is he, he, he mentioned about taking what he already has with the team, that with the players that he already has, and adding on to it. But what are you going to add on to? Are you going to add on some young players, or are you going to add on veterans? Like that—that's sort of the thing that I'm kind of confused about. And because here's the, because you know what I think of. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm using a movie example here. You know, Tim Burton in 2001 made the Planet of the Apes remake that is god awful. He, when he when they asked if it was a remake, Burton said. This isn't a remake. It's a reimagining. That's just a fancy word of saying remake, Tim. And I think that's the same thing going on here. Recalibration? No, this is a rebuild. Just say it's a rebuild. But, but, but I mean, I, he can call whatever he wants. My question is, you know, you say you're going to take what you have and then add on to it. What are you adding on to it? You're adding on young players. And mixing in some guys that could take you until you get your big time guns. That's a rebuild. But if you're going to add on veterans, then it's not a rebuild. Right now, we don't even know what direction they're going to take because it's the very beginning of this partnership between Josh Harris, Adam Peters, and Dan Quinn. So we don't really know 
what exactly they're going to do. We'll find out what they'll do. There's still a lot of time to assess this. Um, but from my understanding, um, I, I really didn't get much other than they're obviously going to be more explosive, which, you know, you can expect. You know, Dan Quinn's a very, very explosive guy. He expects a lot on defense, expects a lot of um, – a lot of physicality. I mean, you got, you got to think about it. You know, big-time defensive coach, you, you expect to, things to be more physical. Um, but I'm very curious to see how they actually build this new program they have in Washington. It's going to be very interesting. Um, by the way, I still think Ben Johnson should have gotten out of Detroit, but I completely understand he wants to run it back with the Lions. Um and listen, the, that more, was the, the, the more I really think about it, and obviously from what I watched today, the more I think about it, the more I realize this was a last resort hire. I don't think the commanders really wanted to hire Dan Quinn. I really don't. But they hired him. He's going to be the coach for God knows how long. And Commander's Man is going to have to deal with it. Yes, this is, and we said this last week. I thought Dan Quinn was a strange hire. Yeah. But he's the head coach, so what are you going to do? Yeah, I mean, he's a good coach. I'm not knocking him as a coach. He's been to the Super Bowl before. Coach. Eight to three. You know, I understand that, but I mean, if he had coached one of those drives, Right, or gotten a defensive stop late in the game, the Falcons are raising the Lombardi trophy. So you can't dismiss that. But I, I it, agree with I you on it, that. It, it's it's a last resort hire. That 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 that's where I that's where I stand with that. There was that was a last resort hire. Um hey Reg, do you mind if I gave a I know this was not on the docket, but can I give you a quick um Think about something. Go for it. The Giants hired a new defensive coordinator today. Mm. The guy is named Shane Gitt. His name is Shane Bowen. He was the defensive coordinator for the Tennessee Titans. What do you think of that? I don't know a lot about him, but from what I'm saying... His, from what I'm reading here, Bowen's defense was ranked 13th against the run and allowed an average of 107.7 yards per game and 18th against the pass. I'm also hearing this wasn't their first choice and a lot of people didn't want to take the job because they've been hearing about what happened between Brian Dable and Wink Martindale. And that's the thing, you know. You know, you, you have a lot of top-tier coaches, but they're afraid to deal with Brian Dable. Like, how, how does that make you feel? As that, a Giants fan, this makes me feel like, – you know, and I love Brian Dable. You know. But my problem is this could – I think this year, if the Giants tank again – Dable's job might be in jeopardy. No, I think he gets fired, dude. Like, and it sucks because I, because I really wanted to work out with Dable. I really do want it to work out with him because the first season, yeah, I think he's a good coach. I think he's a. I truly think he's a big time quarterback guru. Um, the Giants have something cooking, but if he's gonna be a, an a hole. To these, to his staff, and the Giants are going to keep losing. That that's the big thing. He's an asshole, and the Giants keep losing. That's a problem, dude. That's a massive problem. It's a, it's a huge problem. So, I think because remember, one of the somebody was trying to go for a defensive line coach and they said don't don't come here it's a toxic environment i mean uh look the giants i hate to tell you this bill but you know it's true the giants are the jets with a better crisis management and more rings i'm starting to believe that 
<laughs> I'm starting to think the Giants and the Jets are the same team. The exact same, but they had better crisis management firms and they had more championships. Because remember, when things were going between Dable and Martindale, they were like, no, no, everything's fine. Everything's great. Mm-hmm. Everything's yeah. going great. They're, they're getting along just fine. And Brian Dable said something like, the only time we fight is it's over who gets the last piece of pizza. Yep. So everything is cool. Yep. Then the next thing you know, you have articles galore coming out about how a dysfunctional franchise gets it. And, and you know what? Is Brian Dable going to lose the locker room? But that's another thing. Like, is it going to get to a point where the losing, you know, checks people out of the the message? Like, are you going to lose players because of the fact that you're not winning? The coach is an a hole, and everyone's just tired of it. They, they the culture is no longer there. And because that make it was a break the, a year, it is a make it or break a year, dude. I'm telling you right now. Gable is was nap. Gable was supposed to save us from the disaster known as Joe Judge. Yeah. Can you believe this, dude? And look, again, I, I really hope this is not the case with Brian Dave. I really don't because I'm sick and tired of talking about dysfunctional teams in New York City. I really am tired of it. But can you believe that John Mara might miss on another head coach because of how dysfunctional he is? Like, dude, like, when does it end? Like, when does it end? As in, when you mean by missing a head coach, as in possibly firing Dable. No, I'm just saying, like, you know, in in the sense of he hired this guy to get them out of the dysfunction, but turns out he's just as dysfunctional or worse than the last guy. And you know what? Because, you know, before the news of the dysfunction came out, I first was like thinking, okay, it's really, I don't think next year is going to be a make it or break it year. You have a bad season. It happens. Things happen. You move on. You get back on the horse next year and we see where we go. Yeah. But, excuse excuse me. Uh, Oh, salut, Bill. Thank you. Grazie. Grazie. Um, But here's the thing. Now, when you're hearing about what happened with him and Wink Martindale, how he fired Martindale's assistants without talking to Martindale first, that is the definition of dysfunction. And I hate to say it, New York fans, whether you root for the Giants or the Jets, this coming year is going to be a make it or break it year for both Brian Dable and Robert Sala. Imagine an offseason where both teams are going to be looking for head coaches. That would be insane. But you know what, Bill? It's great content for us. <laughs> hey, if you, John Mara We're and still doing- Johnson, if you guys decide to do that, you're giving us material. So please consider <laughs> it. Uh, bad material, but we'll take it. <laughs> we'll, we'll take it. But this is because, you know, we talk about Sala all the time, and I said it last on the last podcast, Aaron Rodgers getting hurt did wonders for Salah's job. He's lucky. He's and, lucky. and listen, I'm not happy Rodgers got hurt. I think, I hope he's fine and he's going to come back next year. But Aaron Rodgers, is, if Aaron Rodgers had a bad year, then Salah would be out of a job. You know it and I know it. And every one of their mothers know it. And that's the same here for Ryan Dable. If he has another dysfunctional year, he's out of a job. And that's, I hate to say that, I like Brian Dable, but if if you lose your team this year, you're done. You're gone. And John Mara and Joe Shane have no one else to blame but themselves. And the big one is Joe Shane. Because Joe Shane, the idea of Joe Shane is he wanted to bring his guys from Buffalo. And not working out. Sucks. Um, 
So, yeah. so, so that's the Giants, and we hope everything works out there. And the Commanders, too, which, again, I don't know why they got rid of Biennemi, but... Well, I understand why they did. I just don't understand why... I, I get why they do it, but the thing I don't understand is why get rid of a good head coach? You know, why get good of a, get rid of a good coach? I mean, you know, someone that can give good insight. And, you know, obviously the commanders were terrible last year. You know, they did not have a good quarterback play. They did not have good receiving play. Um, defense was atrocious. You know, everything about the team was just bad. And poorly run by Ron Rivera. The enemy's a good guy. He's a good guy. He's a good coach. And I just don't. I, I just don't understand why. But Cliff Kingsbury is the new OC. We'll see how he does. I'm curious. I I, I think it's a good hire, but uh, at a, at a major cost. And then again, like I said, of course with the uh, with Joe Way, I'm not. I'm not too worried about the defense because you have a defensive guy. Who's bringing his defensive guys from his old team? It, believe me, that defense will be good in two years. That's going to be a powerhouse, and um, something that y'all should fear, Bill. Be afraid. Yeah, be very, very afraid. Be afraid. Okay, so this, so this Thursday night. NFL Honors is going on. Ooh, the NFL Honors. Yes. So we're going to go through the nominees and give our predictions. Mm -hmm. We're going to start from the bottom. Okay. Who is going to be the AP Assistant Coach of the Year? And the nominees are Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions. Mike McDonald, the defensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens. Todd Monken, the offensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens. Jim Schwartz, the defensive coordinator for the Cleveland Browns. And Bobby Slowick, the offensive coordinator for the Houston Texans. It's either going to be Slowick or it's going to be Johnson. Maybe even McDonald. McDonald had. I'm thinking Johnson or maybe McDonald. McDonald, he had a solid defensive year. That Ravens defense was excellent this year. It's a shame. Yeah. And even even in that last playoff game they had, the championship game, you know, you hold Patrick Mahomes to nothing in the second half. To 17 points in total. So I think Mike McDonald. You got to give him respect there. I mean, that's. That's it's not easy in the in with the with whatever they had to do with that game. But Ben Johnson with that Lions offense, I'm gonna give it to Slowick. Here's why, Stroud. And you praised you praised this team all season. Oh, I do. I did. This Houston team, we did not expect anything, and they came out with a massive fire. Like that team was really good, dude. Like I'm being serious. Oh, I agree. Um, and obviously they struggled. Every young team struggled. They've always found their way back into their winning ways. And that offense never wavered. So I give him a lot of credit. I'm gonna give it to Slowly. That's that that's a he did a very, very nice job with that Houston team. Well, I'm saying either Ben Johnson or Mike McDonald because Ben Johnson, he's worked well with Dan Campbell. Mm-hmm. I think so, too. So I think Ben Johnson would be a very good – is going to be a very – is going to be a good pick. Okay, next, AP Coach of the Year. Dan Campbell from the Detroit Lions. John Harbaugh, the Baltimore Ravens. D'Amico Ryans of the Houston Texans. Kyle Shanahan of the San Francisco 49ers. And Kevin Stefanski of the Cleveland Browns. You know who I think should have at least been nominated? Who? And you're going to call me crazy. I think Matt LaFleur should have been nominated. No. He he did a nice job, but... This is your first season 
without it was, Aaron Rodgers it was, it and you got it, to the playoffs. It wasn't a spec it wasn't as spectacular as like Houston and um what D'Amico Ryan's did. Like that is some sort of something absolutely spectacular. Yeah. And that did. was he did a fantastic job there. Um, predictions. Guess who I'm picking? Who you pick it? I'm gonna say D'Amico Ryan's. Yeah. But I gotta give it to Dan Campbell, man. I mean that the Lions transformed this season. They went from last season they struggled out the gate, but then finished nine and eight. They finished with a winning record, and then the next season they took it up to the umpteenth level, dude. Like they they exploded out the gate. Uh, I do agree with you on that. I think Dan yeah. Campbell did an amazing job in Detroit. And look, they were. If it wasn't for a drop pass, let's be real, drop passes and the defense completely collapsing in the second half, they'll be going to the Super Bowl. I am picking D'Amico Ryans, and here's why. Because you've heard me praise, as Reg said, I praised this Houston team all year. This was a team, and we said at the end of last season that this was an unserious franchise. The whole crap that happened with Lovey Smith, they did this so they could tank for a draft pick. That happened. But then, you know, Lovey Smith on the way out said, screw you guys, I'm going to win this, and we're not going to be the first number one pick. So, bye. But this was a team. D'Amico Ryans had a, had a mess to clean up. And he did it with a rookie quarterback in C.J. Shroud. Yeah. And he brought this team to the postseason. So that's why I think D'Amico Ryans is going to be coach of the year. And listen, I wouldn't be shocked if Dan Campbell gets it. Okay, next category. You ready? The AP Comeback Player of the Year. This one's interesting. From the Cleveland Browns, Joe Flacco. Uh From the Buffalo Bills, DeMar Hamlin. From the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Baker Mayfield. From the Los Angeles Rams, Matthew Stafford. And from the Miami Dolphins, Tua Tagovailoa. Tungle Bailoa. All right, how come? No, no, I'm, 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 I'm correct. Oh, Tagalayova, thank you. No, Tua, tongue, tongue, Tua. tongue, tongue. Oh, oh, Iloa, Iloa, Tungo Iloa, Tungo Iloa, Tungo Iloa. We'll, we'll get you. Um. See, no Joe Flacco. He deserves my comeback player of the year. But he, I'll give you what I who I want to win. I'm going to give you who's gonna. Okay. So I want Joe Flacco to win because Joe Flacco came back and he was spectacular. Like he came in and absolutely lit a fire into the asses of the Browns and gave them the spark that they needed to get to the playoffs. Because And the Browns went through a lot of quarterbacks this season. None like Joe Flacco. He gets my comeback player of the year. They're going to give it to DeMar Hamlin. And I'm not saying that DeMar Hamlin, he went through a a life-changing experience, obviously. And look, he, he made it back to the football field. And we are so glad that he did. Um, but they're going to give it to him. It's wrong to give it to him because of that situation. I think it should go to a player that you know was basically down and out of the league. Like, no one's touching him, and he comes back and lights up the league. DeMar Hamlin coming back didn't change the Buffalo Bills. It didn't you know, impact how their season was. Like to me, a comeback player needs to not only 
you know, obviously you have an impact on your players and your perseverance and everything. But I'm talking about how it makes a difference to your team. I don't know. The, the DeMar Hamlin didn't really make much of a difference to the Bills. So that's why I think he shouldn't get it. But he's going to get it. And, of course, we're going to be happy for him because what he did was truly remarkable. It's and, like, cool. what, and, like, I agree with everything you just said. I'm going with Flacco as well. Because this was someone who went – this team went through a lot of quarterbacks. Deshaun Watson was out for the year. And he just came back and he led them to the playoffs in the last couple of weeks. This Browns team has been on fire. Mm-hmm. So I would give it to Joe Flacco. Yeah, but they're not going to give it to Joe Flacco. But they're going to give it to DeMar Hamlin. He should get it. Um, I don't know why Tua was nominated. Tua is not that good. I'm sorry, man. And look, Tua had a way better season. I'm happy they did. And clearly the Mike McDonald offense is uh, – sorry, excuse me, Mike McDaniel. Ugh, thinking about the Ravens. <laughs> the Mike McDaniel – offense um clearly uh changed his game a lot so i'm happy for Tua, but he's not to, to me he's not even close to comeback play um okay are you ready for defensive rookie of the year sure we got from the houston texans will anderson from the Philadelphia Eagles, Jalen Carter from the Pittsburgh Steelers Joey Porter Joey Porter Jr. From the Los Angeles Rams, Kobe Turner, and from the Seattle Seahawks, Devin Devon Witherspoon. When we talked about this on the Sunday sideline, I forget who I picked, but I feel like Witherspoon because he was very impactful for the Seahawks. Like that secondary was, you know, massive. So. I may go with him this time around, but I forget who I chose. Uh, I'm going to go with, you know who I'm going to pick. Mm-hmm. I'm going with Will Anderson Jr. Yeah, I was thinking about him too. I think I picked him the first time around. I think I'm going with, I'm going to go with Will Anderson Jr. This guy, he had, this season, he had 29 solo sacks, 16 assists, and 7 sacks. Yeah. Solo tackles, sorry. It'll probably, it'll probably go to him, to be honest. So I think it's going to be Will Anderson Jr. from the Houston Texans. Okay, this one's going to be an easy one. You ready? Mm-hmm. AP Offensive Rookie of the Year. From the Detroit Lions, Jamar Gibbs. Also from the Detroit Lions, Sam Laporta. From the Los Angeles Rams, Puka Nakua. From the Atlanta Falcons, B. John Robinson. And from the Houston Texans, C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud, 100%. Oh, this isn't even a question. C.J. Stroud. Can we, can, we, can we give flowers to Puka, though? Because he had, he had a tremendous receiving season, too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He had a good season as well. Puka Nakua did awesome. But C.J. Stroud, dude, come on. That guy's been a beast this year. He's, he's like... He's going to be up there with the Mahomes, with the Peyton Manning, with the Tom Brady's of the world. Like, he's going to be up there. He has that skill set, dude. Okay. Next, Offensive Player of the Year. Kyrie Kill, Lamar Jackson. Okay, Tyree Kill from the Miami Dolphins, Lamar Jackson from the Baltimore Ravens, CeeDee Lamb from the Dallas Cowboys, Christian McCaffrey from the San Francisco 49ers, Dak Prescott from the Dallas Cowboys. They're going to give it to Lamar. I'm going to give you two players that they should pick. Okay. Either Christian McCaffrey or it should be Tyree Kill. I'm going to go with McCaffrey. I will lean more towards McCaffrey because he was very explosive, but Tyreek Hill, man, he he went up a notch this season. Like he did things that he didn't do in Kansas City. So uh, I'm 
I would choose him too. I'm going to say McCaffrey because of how much of a difference it really made for the Niners. And he has been that guy. I'm going with McCaffrey. He led the league in rushing yards. He had 14 rushing touchdowns, seven receiving touchdowns. Look, they're going to give it to Lamar, but can we stop disrespecting these other players? I like, feel there's a giant quarterback bias. It's so stupid. Like, why can't why can't a receiver or a running back win Offensive Player of the Year? Like, why? It's a quarterback bias, my friend. So stupid. It's ridiculous. Go ahead. Continue. Okay, next, AP Defensive Player of the Year mm-hmm. from the Dallas Cowboys, Deron Bland. Mm-hmm. From the Las Vegas Raiders, Max Crosby. From the Cleveland Browns, Miles Garrett. From the Dallas Cowboys, Micah Parsons. And from the Pittsburgh Steelers, TJ Watt. I really think it should be Max Crosby, dude. I really do. I'm going to pick him. You're picking Max Crosby? Crosby, dude. How come? I really love his defensive style. And he really got to build the more elite quarterbacks, too. So, and... and He's playing in a very tough AFC. And I know the AFC dropped off because of injuries and everything, but he played in a very tough league this year, and he got to everybody. I'm picking Max Crosby. He made a lot of quarterbacks suffer. You go, Max Crosby. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going with an odd choice. I'm going Micah Parsons. Not an odd choice. Micah Parsons is great. <laughs> I he had six he had thirty six solo tackles, twenty eight assists, fourteen sacks. I think, I think it's going to be Micah Parsons. Excuse me. All right, the last one, the big one, the most valuable player. And the nominees are Josh Allen from the Buffalo Bills, mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson of the B- Baltimore Ravens, mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey of the San Francisco 49ers, Dak Prescott of the Dallas Cowboys, and Brock Purdy of the San Francisco 49ers. And this is another one with quarterback bias, too. There's probably- only one non-quarterback nominated, and that's Christian McCaffrey. So here's what I say now. I really think the offensive player of the year is going to go to a position. The MVP is going to go to a quarterback. Either way, there's still quarterback bias. I'm going to go with Lamar Jackson. Oh, I'm going with him. Too. And by the way, Lamar Jackson deserves his MVP. Like he earned his stripes this season. And then so. Uh, Lamar Jackson has had. Has had a dynamite year. I think he it's going to Lamar. MVP this year is going to be Lamar Jackson. This year he had 307 completions, 457 attempts, 67.2 percentage, 3,678 passing yards, and 5.5 rushing yards, all leading all career highs and leading the league. So, MVP this year, Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. So, those are predictions for NFL honors. All right, Bill Murphy, thank you very much for that. Um, You're welcome. All right, just a couple of uh, quick items before we leave. Um, FIFA World Cup. The final is going to be held in New York City, baby. Across the river at the Meadowlands in New Jersey. Let's get it right. It's across the river from New York City at the Meadowlands in New Jersey. But I'm still going to say New York City because it's New York City Tri-State. So New York City it is. Um, I mean, look, it's it, obviously the, you have to hold final. 
you can't you can't do it in Atlanta. You can't do it. it is, it's not sexy for soccer. New York is sexy for soccer. It's one of the areas where soccer is like huge. Um, so I think it's really cool for the city. I think it's cool for the area. You know, obviously you got two great football teams. You got uh, the Red Bulls. You got the NYCFC soon to have their own stadium in good old Queens, New York. That's that gets me fired up and stuff. Because you're a Queens, Queens boy. Yep. Uh, 15 minutes from where they're going to have their stadiums. So that's going to be great for me. Um, yeah, no, look, it, it, New York is a, is huge on soccer. I think it's great that they're going to have the World Cup final there in 2026. I can't wait for that. Um, when that arrives, obviously, we still got a couple more years. We got to get to the Paris Olympics first. Oh, but, yes. And, you know, it's funny when we bring up the um, World Cup. I have a friend. She lives in Spain. Mm-hmm. And she was just home like Thanksgiving weekend. She was she brought her boyfriend, who is from Ecuador, and they said. I remember they said in the next two years, when the World Cup comes to the U.S., they're coming to go to the games. Yeah, I hope they do, but we know those tickets are going to be an arm, a, <laughs> a leg, give me a, a lot. Uh, I will kindly be at home and watch it from the comfort of my couch. It's like certain things, like Yankee playoff games. You know, I've been to a Yankee playoff game. I have not. Joe. Giant playoff games. If I had tickets, I would go. But it's like certain things, I would just, yeah, you know what? I'm just fine watching it at home. Yeah. I will be I'm even- cool watching it at home. I will be more than comfortable watching the World Cup final. But I'm glad that my city is getting it, and I'm glad for the New Yorkers, New Jerseyans, obviously. It's in their home state, so I'm glad for them. And uh, great great for everything. Uh, and New- the last time it was at, like, the Giants Stadium there was 1994, the years that yours truly entered the world. Lucky you. <laughs> And this is a reminder that I'm old. You're turning 30. That's not old. <laughs> you know what they say, Reg. Age is but a number. Yep. But take, um, take care of yourself. Um, yeah, please take care of yourselves out there. <laughs> and this is my daily reminder that next month I will be 30 years old. So. Good old St. Patrick's Day. Yes. <laughs> So anyway, truly the Irishman. Yes, it is. It's the day I got a party double, if you know what I mean. <laughs> um so anyway. Yeah. So yeah. Coming back to New York first time in 30 years. Yeah. It's gonna be very exciting. Very exciting times. Um by the way, it's not just a US World Cup, it is a United North American World Cup. So the US, the U.S., Canada, and Mexico will be all hosting the World Cup. Mexico has their sites. Um, Canada has their sites. Obviously, a lot of them are in the U.S. as well. So it's not just the United States. It is two other countries that are north and south. So just wanted to uh, point that out there as well. We got to give our neighbors some love, too. Our neighbors to the north and south. Yeah. Okay, uh, last bit of business. Bobby Wood Jr., um, one of the young studs of Major League Baseball. And, Bill, I'm telling you, these small market teams, Orioles, Ray, Atlanta's a big market. Um, Royals, I'm telling you, you have a young player that's already on your team, in your sight. You're not going to let them go. This is a trend for a lot of these teams. There was a trend for the Padres. They have Tatis. They ain't letting Tatis go. They signed a massive extension for him. The Braves are signing all their young players to big-time extensions. They ain't letting them go. The Orioles will probably do the same thing when they get that billionaire's 
L in their front office too. The Royals keeping Bobby Wood Jr. for what is an 11-year extension. He has opted out to the end of his contract. But this, to me, tells me that they are committed to this guy. Bobby Wood Jr. is committed to the city of Kansas City and their growing franchise, and they obviously had some good signings this offseason too. Um, like, he is truly going to be the face of this franchise. And good for them, because they have a stud. They really do have a stud in, in, in Bobby Wood Jr., who is taking baseball by storm. Um, with his run and gold glove caliber defense, like, it's it's truly amazing. It's these small it's these small market teams that are getting the big guns right now. Look, you, you draft well, you develop well. Look, that this is what you're going to get. This is exactly what you're going to get. Oh, 100% agree. So, yeah, so Kansas City, they might be in the running this year, so good for them. And look, I don't know where they're going to end up ultimately. You know this season, but down the road, if, if Kansas City ever gets good again, you have you have the guy, you have your franchise locked up. This is something that the Yankees don't do; they don't lock up their their young guns. Well, they locked up Judge last year, but that Aaron Judge came to the league; he was in his late twenties, and took him a long time to get up to the league. Bobby Wood Jr. is 23, going on 24 years old. Like, you know, are they going to do the same for Jason Dominguez? Are they going to do the same for Anthony Volpe? I don't know. So that's that. That's my concern. Massive concern. But they, they used to lock up there, you know. Yeah. Good for the Royals. Really. Good for the Royals. They deserve it. And look, that team never gets good, man. Telling you, small markets, like we said. And then look, and obviously, you know, the the Royals also had billionaires coming into their teams too. They they have new owners, so it's like they they could very well, you know, uh, they're they're also thinking about building a new baseball stadium downtown too. So that that's um that could be something as well. Well, good times in Kansas City, I'm telling you that much. Oh, Kansas City is. Ooh, man. That you know, you got the Royals with Bobby Witt Jr. You got the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. If you live in Kansas City, it's an exciting time to be alive. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, there we go. Um, Thank you for listening again. Um. Follow us wherever you get your shows. Um, on X, search SIN Sports Insane. That's for the podcast, S Insanity Real. That's our handle for the network. You can also put search Sports Sanity Podcast and the Sports Sanity Network on Facebook. Like, comment, and subscribe to our YouTube channel, search Sports Sanity Network. You can do that. And log on to our website. At www.thesportsofsanitynetwork.com Thank you, Bill You are um, welcome. We'll have more Super Bowl talk later. We'll obviously break down more of the game the next time, wherever you hear us. Um, it's going to be great. This Sunday, we're having our Super Bowl show. Wild to bullshit. The whole gang's gonna be here. It's gonna be a blast. Yeah, man, it's gonna be a huge blast. We always, we always have fun doing that. We really yeah, do. I have a lot of fun, man. I'm gonna have another lot of fun again when we get all the guys back in there. So it's gonna be. Fun. I'm gonna be there. Reg is gonna be there. Hopefully, the Patch Man's gonna be there. Yeah, I miss Patch Man. He's bowling. We miss you, buddy. Much. We really he, do. He's bowling too much. I think he's going on a. Uh, I think he has a bowling addiction. You know. Do we need to have an intervention? 
Do we need to have intervention for him getting 300s? I don't know about that. Hey, you know what? He's how do you, how do you not ride on that high? Keep going, buddy. Keep going. How, how do you not ride on that? I'll tell you that. Like Rifkin's going to be here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, Trombley probably. I don't know. Maybe maybe you give his forecast. The, he is a weatherman. You know, the, the forecast for a very hot desert that, that these players are in. Um, and... Possibly, maybe Mark Halpern. We'll see. We'll see. He's a little busy. He's tied up with his kids, so it's like you know. Let's see. Um, kids, go away! I give me two hours. <laughs> nah, I'm just kidding, Mark. Um, please follow us. We have a lot of things going on in the network. Uh, and please stay tuned. We promise you, we'll get the baseball content. We promise you. You know what? Maybe oh, next week or the following week we'll give you the Bombers banter. Give you the baseball content. Um, now but, that football's wrapping up. Yeah. But until then, Danny Boy Reginald. Bill Corpus, Crispy Murphy, stay safe up. and take care.